I remember when the Papa John guy, whatever his name is, is it John? Is it Papa John? Whatever, the the captain, the lead man of Papa John's Pizza, I remember when he got in trouble, um, rightly so, because he said the N-word somehow. It was something involving him saying the N-word, I think, frequently. And he got in trouble and came up with like some excuse of like, oh, I didn't realize that was a bad word, that I wasn't supposed to say it. So he got, you know, quote unquote, canceled. And then a video came out some months later after he got canceled. And he was making an announcement saying that he's in some kind of rehab. It wasn't like a drug or an alcohol rehab. I think it was like a sensitivity, mindfulness, rehabilitation type thing. And, um, you know, he was trying to give an, an update to try to uh, resuscitate his image. Uh, that's not exactly the word I want to think of, but it's what came to mind, resuscitate his image. And essentially, the the thing I took away from that video was that for six months, he has been trying so hard, so hard to not say the N-word <laughs> that he's still failing at it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... Um, there, yeah, I think if you look up like Papa John apology video or something like that, you'll see what I'm talking about. He says that he's been in this, you know, therapy or or counseling rehab type thing for six months, and he's still working hard to not say the N word. And I just found that rather humorous. Like, it's not that hard. Just don't say that. And maybe... Uh, I, I know that's not what he meant by the video, but that's how it came off. Is like <laughs> he just has this irresistible urge to say a truly awful, awful word. Uh, oh yeah, I need to do the intro song. This is a show with no particular niche, baby. It's always about hanging out. Maybe we'll laugh at some stuff, maybe we'll learn something new, but it's always about hanging out, me and you. Hi, hello, and welcome back, or to for the first time, to That Thing with James. I'm your host, James, and this is a podcast about nothing in particular. What's up? I am, yet again, continuing the Grandpa Goes to the Eastern Block series. We're moving along. We're getting closer to the end of this document. And it's kind of sad to see. I, I have very much enjoyed reading this uh, family document, a, a copy of which lies in this red binder in my hands. Audio listeners, I'm holding a red binder in my hands, a flimsy kind of binder, but a binder nonetheless, because there are pages, 74 pages, maybe plus or minus two, bound within its confines. And in it is a typed up, a copy, a photocopy of a typewriter typed transcript of a handwritten travel diary that my maternal grandpa John kept in spring of 1978 as he traveled to Europe and mostly beyond the Iron Curtain, 
primarily the uh, uh, under the auspice. I, I, well, it's not even under an auspice. The primary goal was to help expand and add depth to his genealogical research, which he had been conducting for some years. Um, and along the way, he just has all sorts of wild, funny, sometimes sad, uh, usually very interesting and well-told experiences. So if you're just hopping in to this, quote-unquote, what I'm calling the Grandpa series, I do encourage you, start at the beginning. You know, go back to part one if you can. Um, and also, if you're new to the series, do know that the way I'm doing this is I read a passage uh, in the free episode, and then I'll read the next one in the bonus episode. Every time I release a free episode of this podcast, like this one right here, I also release a Patreon episode. Uh, so if you want to catch the whole of the Grandpa series thus far, I do encourage you to become a member and help support the show at patreon.com slash that thing with James. You'll get access to all of the all of the Grandpa Goes to the Eastern Block episodes heretofore, as well as loads of other bonus episodes prior to this series and bonus content um, from my other comedy shorts web series. There's one I did last year called After the Tone, and then an ongoing one called Minor Tensions by Dick Whistler, which I'm going to have to something, I'm going to have something to say about that in a, a minute or two. But yes, help support the show, patreon.com slash that thing with James, low bar of entry, $5 a month for the first tier. There are other tiers that offer different benefits, but whatever tier you join in, you get access to all bonus episodes and content. Patreon.com slash that thing with James. And to those of you who are already patrons, thank you so much for your support. And if you happen to be a relative and you want to hear all of the grandpa series, just reach out to me and I can hook you up because I don't want you to feel like you have to pay. But if you want to help support, that is awesome. And I won't deny you. And I am very grateful to you. Let's see what else. Um, socials. Uh, show email, my subreddit, all the details, all, you know, the, the handles and everything that's going to be written in the episode description. Also, uh, if you're watching this on video, it will be listed on the Chiron at the bottom, that little banner at the bottom of like news channels and stuff, or it could be a banner at the top, but it's usually, it's just a banner either at the top or the bottom with like scrolling or static text and an image or something of like the headline of what they're talking about on the news. That is called a Chiron. It's a cool name, isn't it? Chiron, the scion of Chiron. Oh, I say that and I just think of Baldur's Gate 3. I've been playing this game and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Mm. I could talk at great length about it, but that's not what this episode is about. Um, Ah, here's what I was going to say. Regarding Minor Tensions by Dick Whistler, I've not been doing that show as as uh, often as I had been, or as frequently as I had been, and I 
you know, a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, I actually intended uh, this week to be, uh, well, the week that this podcast episode comes out, I intended a new Minor Tensions to come out, but then I got a call that um, a family member needed some help. They've got some medical stuff that I'm going to help assist with. Uh, so I didn't want to have like a two, potentially three week lapse in this podcast. So I'm doing this uh, podcast again this week. Um, so that said, next week, uh, I will not be releasing anything. Uh, I'll be busy helping out some family stuff. And then potentially the following week will be the same. So that means potentially no new podcast or comedy shorts next or, or yeah next week or the following week or as well as the following week mm-hmm. excuse me la 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 let's see what what are we doing what are we doing you know i think we're just going to hop right into the show or into the story so let me find where we left off in the last bonus episode and we will continue the story okay we're gonna start at the top of this page because i'm not exactly sure where we left off last time man we're getting really close to the end here sad to see it end all right uh first i had breakfast i i went to the railroad station to get my train ticket for vienna i leave on june 1st at 2100 arrive the next morning about 8 a.m the fare first class reserved seat is about 36 dollars and 25 cents i then went and purchased a second class ticket for tomorrow for venice at about three dollars when i get there i'll have to purchase one for my return that night by then it was after 12 noon i returned to the hospital to get my key it is a large room with two twin size beds from the government tourist agency i got a map at trieste on which was outlined a walking tour i took that and finished it in about three hours the inner city is old narrow streets new buildings are on the perimeter I'll have all of June 1st up to departure time to tour other areas. There are many cars here. Well, it's Italy. They love to drive and drive like maniacs. People are well-dressed. Well, it's Italy. People love to dress up and look very dapper and then drive like absolute maniacs and rail at the concept of a queue. As they say in England or in America, a line. People don't do lines in Italy. They're maniacs. (laughs) Everything seems available. I got 860 lira. Not all Italians are maniacs. I feel like I should probably say that. But, you know, the cultural, you know, the, the, the stereotype here is they don't do lines and they don't drive, you know, super safe. I got 860 lira per dollar, which means I am, have, uh, carrying, wow, 10,000 lira. In my walk, I was passing an unpretentious front of a restaurant. 
I looked in and saw tables with a variety of food, looked like a buffet. I checked the menu. Every item is priced separately. The food looked marvelous, but I figured that a complete meal would cost from $30 to $50! Exclamation mark. I did not partake. And that bus last night had cold breezes. I'm fighting a cold. It's 5 p.m. I'm going to have supper. Then I'll take a shower and get to bed. I want to take the 6.05 a.m. train tomorrow for Venice. May 31st, 1978. Wednesday, Trieste, Italy. Long bus and train tips. Let's restart that. Long bus and train trips do not provide the opportunity to have regular meals. I went to get a 6.05 a.m. train from Trieste to Venice, but learned that this was all first class nonstop. I had a second class ticket, so took the next train at 6.55 a.m. Here, and maybe in the rest of Italy, there are four types of train. One, an express non-stop. Two, an express with a few stops. Three, uh, a direct with more stops. And four, a local with stops at all stations. I got into Venice at 9.15. The train station is right at the canal. I saw three women get off of one of the boats that goes around. They informed me, I took this passenger boat to S5, or is that supposed to be f boat, uh, whatever, um, marks where I visited the church. It is a large and rather nice. Well, then I began a six-hour walking tour, which took me to all types of streets, streets around St. Mark's have many stores uh, that sell a variety of items from gadgets to clothes. Fanta soda, or Coke, sold from $0.04 cents to $0.08. Cents. For lunch, I purchased two slices of bread at one store and Coke. From another, I got some meat. When I was ready to go back to Trieste, I saw about 30 American college-aged youngsters sitting on the steps at the railroad station and singing. Venice is a very busy place with tourists from many countries. Schoolchildren are evident in groups. Yesterday, I wrote about making my own plans, getting tickets, mixing with local people. At Venice, I was thinking of Marianne, for she did the same thing years ago. I now appreciate what she had to do. Last night, I had ravioli and red wine. I liked the red wine. Tonight again, red wine with my quote-unquote beefsteak. This was a half-inch thick veal. Taste was satisfactory. <laughs> That's it? You're in Italy, you get veal, and it's just satisfactory? Just goes to show you, just because you're in the place doesn't mean you know, every single restaurant will be exceptional. Yeah, I mean, there's shitty pizza places in New York City. Um, not Sbarro's, though. <laughs> yeah, I've been to New York. Yeah, I've had New York pizza. Have you ever heard of Sbarro's? <laughs> 
I'll have to convert $10 for my meals tomorrow. I don't want to take any Italian money into Austria for fear they will not exchange. The bank here says that they will, that they will, but I don't trust them. Poland, Hungary, and Romania, I suspect East Germany also, want those dollars desperately. In those countries, I could use their money for train fare to the border, but had to pay dollars from the border to destination. This was not so in Yugo, where I used their money. In Italy, I paid liras for the train fare and from Trieste to Vienna. I saw a TWA office in Venice, so I reconfirmed my departure date of June 7th. When I arrive in Vienna, I'll check my bags at the railroad station and then hunt for a room and a pension for around $10. If that is not available, I'll see if such is at some town outside of Vienna from where I can commute daily to and from Vienna. Since I'll arrive in Vienna on June 2nd, I'll have five nights there or in the area. On the way back from Venice, I had a second-class ticket. The train was 55 minutes late in departing. I mean, you're in Italy. This isn't Germany or Japan. <laughs> they don't do lines. They drive crazy. They dress well. Time is fluid. My thought was to let the conductor tell me I was in the wrong car and to direct me to a second class one. There were three women in the compartment. One was in mid-twenties and just ordinary looking. He's been pretty brutal with his description of women throughout this entire thing. I gotta say, Grandpa John was kind of, you know, passively, briefly, kind of brutal with the uh, description of women throughout this entire thing. <laughs> she was just ordinary looking. When the young conductor came, I noticed he was, quote unquote, eyeing her. He punched my ticket while looking at her and did not look to see what class it was. Consequently, I rode first class to Trieste. This all seems so Italian. It's late. Grandpa John is sneaking in with a ordinary-looking college-age girl uh, into first class, even though he has a second-class ticket. Uh, the, the ticket checker comes through and is ogling this supposedly ordinary-looking college chick and uh, doesn't pay attention to the fact that Grandpa John ain't supposed to be in first class. Mm. Wild when... Hold on, let me get some water. I'm getting viscous in the mouth. Just a second. While window shopping at a pastry store, an English couple came up, looked, and talked. She went in to look things over. He talked with me. Ooh, excuse me. He had lost his lower false teeth. Here, they wanted $400 to replace. It's 1978, so already, uh, I... 
there's a there's an inflation difference between that pricing then and the pricing now not to mention uh medical care pricing and services available versus uh europe italy and the u.s today so i i don't know how to translate all of that uh, you know to today's money i don't know is 400 dollars in 1978 in italy insane or not i don't know next day or whatever june 1st 1978 thursday trieste italy I was ready to go out at 6.55 a.m. when I recalled seeing a church in the next block. I went up. Mass started at 7 a.m., so I went to communion. There were about 30 people my age. Inside, it is plain. Church looks relatively new. There is no old altar. It was a 20-minute Mass. Hold on. (coughs) Mm. Excuse me. Again, I went to the railroad station to check things or check out things. I needed to change five dollars to lira. I hung around the area hoping I could pick up an unofficial change. Official exchange rate for the five dollars today was four hundred and thirty lira. One man came up and offered me three hundred lira. He didn't know that he was talking to a quote unquote professional. <laughs> That warrants rereading. Let's reread that paragraph. I went to the railroad station to check things out. I needed to change $5 to lira. I hung around the area hoping I could pick up an unofficial change. Official rate for the $5 today was 430 lira. One man did come up and offered me 300 as opposed to the official 430 lira. He didn't know he was talking to a quote-unquote professional. I love that. He knows his shit. And he's like, you're not going to scam me out of this one. I know the rates. And also, it helps to have been scammed before multiple times, as he had been uh, in, you know, Eastern Europe. Um because you 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 do become a professional. And as a matter of fact, quick little story here, hopefully it's quick. I I too am somewhat of a professional because I've been scammed before. Um but I also am willing to haggle. So when I was in Florence, Italy, when I was I think 18 or 19, It was uh, the summer after my freshman year of college. Um, I I was in Florence, and I went into this store, and I saw this um, black suede jacket, kind of like a blazer-cut sort of a jacket. Uh, It's nothing exceptional. Uh, I just, I I liked it. It was decent. And, um, And I still have it. I still have it, and I still have the wood hanger that it came with. And I was looking at it in the store and the salesman came up, Italian, of course, but he spoke English and he tried to sell that thing to me for $200, $200. And I said, no, 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 no. And he was like, whoa, 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 maybe we can mark it down. And I was like, I'm a college student. I don't have a lot of money. 
I don't have a lot of money. I'm going to pass on this. And he's like, well, what about a little bit less? Uh, and he tried to bring it down to like $100 or it may, if even that. And I looked at it and there were some imperfections on it. Like this little um, discoloration here, yada, yada. I don't know. It's not worth it. And so finally he settled and he was like $75, $75. And I said, deal. And uh, he sold it to me for $75, and I still have it. My black suede jacket from Florence, Italy, that I have not so much for the jacket itself, because I don't really wear it that often anymore. It just doesn't hang that right. But I keep it for the sentimental value. Not just, uh, like the fact that I got it in Florence, Italy, to me, is the secondary. Uh, um, it, it's the lower tier of the sentimentality for me. The the peak, the capstone of the sentimentality for me is that I haggled for it. And I haggled for it successfully. I And I haggled for it successfully against a man in his home country who, who whose English was not his first language. I haggled with him. I, I've haggled with other people before on another leather jacket. I haggled with this like 90-year-old uh, uh, Spanish twins who owned this secondhand store in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And again, this was when I was in college, this like, you know, kind of old, well, it's a secondhand jacket. They wanted to sell that thing to me for like 15 bucks. I talked them down to seven because that's all I had on me. I can haggle with people. I'm a professional. Maybe, maybe the, the um, natural proclivity runs in the blood. Haggling is fun. You should try it. And it's worth it. it. One, it's fun. Two, you you probably will end up with a good deal if, um, you know, as long as you don't you'll lose your temper. <laughs> Onward. Uh, la la, where were we? Talking to a professional. Then I saw three small college-age girls with American-styled backpacks. They from they were from New Orleans. I love New Orleans, one of my favorite places in the world. Although one had lived on South Monaco in Denver. He keeps running into people from like places he's lived. Weird. Actually, I don't know if Grandpa ever lived in Denver, but he was in Colorado. I, I was born in Denver. Well you know, a suburb. They had just arrived from Split, Hugo, and route to Venice. So I helped with information that saved them time and effort. They had started in Greece and are finishing in Paris. There were many groups of Yugos that came to Trieste to purchase a variety of articles. I saw one couple repacking their individual purposes, purchases into suitcases. This couple had purchased at least six pairs of Levi's, which sell for $25 to $30 in Trieste. Then I saw many colorful tablecloths, sweaters, t-shirts, blouses, and two people had a shortwave tape player. These many people were going on trains in Ljubljana. How the fuck I know that name is because of a philosopher uh, whose name I can't remember. <laughs> See, the thing is, I would prefer not to... <laughs> 
whoever that guy is, I cannot think of his name right now, but he's from Ljubljana, Ljubljana, and that's how I know Ljubljana. It's a crazy, crazy name of a city, but it's beautiful. Look up pictures, look up pictures. It's spelled L-U-B-J-A-L-N-A. Lub ya j is y lubyalan and belgrade i'm just going to keep moving and belgrade perhaps getting off before then all purchases were packed into as few bags as possible it must be that the border patrol permits this for the bags have only new items I was at the train station from about 3 p.m. until my train left at 9.40 p.m. There was a waiting room for first-class passengers and also one for second-class. From 3 p.m. to 9 p.m., both rooms were jammed with Yugos consolidating their purchases. A good number sat on one side of the walkway and did their combining. This is not seen by plane travel. You see the Yugos purchasing what is not available in their own country. I was the only first-class passenger from Trieste to Vienna. I had a compartment myself. If I had gambled on second-class, I would have done okay, for there were only about 8 to 10 people, so I could have stretched out. This thought is hindsight. And let's see, we've got a longer passage coming up here. So we're going to stop here. We're about 30 minutes. That's where I've been stopping. And that's it for this episode. If, hold on, I could have waited until I finished, but whatever. Uh, if you would like to catch the rest of the story and uh, all of the other episodes, if you're hopping in and want to hear it all, become a member at patreon.com slash that thing with James. Uh, that link is written in the episode description. And to those of you who already support the show, thank you so much. And I will see you there. Bye.